believe that that is an amazing scripture that he just put up there. Um, and one thing I love about it, he didn't put the second part of it up, but it, what it talks about is your, their enthusiasm, that they were eager to give, and their enthusiasm actually stirred up, caused others to want to give. How many of you know, even with our regular tithe and offering, not just our outreaches, because those are amazing, and people, generally I have found that there's a philanthropist in all of us, that there's people that are eager to give, but I want to let you know that not just outside things, but when you begin to give of your regular tithe and offering, and you establish that obedience, and you establish that principle in your life, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to see, how many of you have ever, um, this isn't calling about, but you've been giving of your tithe offering, you've seen God honor that in your life. You can just see God over and over and over again honor that. He's faithful to that. that prom- he said he's faithful that promise. And I encourage you, we, we've never done this here at Coastal, but we have some amazing friends that have done things like done tithe challenges. And here's the thing, it's not to get something from you. God is never trying to get something from you. He's always trying to get something to you. So even even in your own personal life, if you've never made the decision to give of tithes and offerings, and you, sometimes sometimes we can miss the tithe part and we can think, I just want to be a part of the philanthropist part. I just want to be a part of the offering part. But the offering part comes after the tithe part. The tithing is the giving of your first 10%. And here's the thing, it doesn't even belong to God. So actually, most of you are trying to put faith in your offerings. You're putting faith and saying, God, I'm being a blessing in my offering. But you really don't have any faith to stand on because you're not being obedient in your tithing. Amen? Woo, got a little hot, quiet in here. Here's the thing, it's important to know the word and the truth of the word in our life, amen? I wanna say something, came up to me first service, I have a message, so don't be concerned about it, but um, something came up in my heart first service um, in regards to um, uh, um, c- communion. And I wanna say this real quick about, about healing. Uh, this morning, I know that we're in flu season, and people are getting their, what, you know, get whatever you need. But, and I know that sickness is a lot talk, is it talked about. If you've been anywhere, I, anybody heard anybody talk, be sick? Just say yes, you have. It's all right. This is, I'm not about to do anything. What I want to let you know something, I want to teach you how to fight sickness and disease in your life. Just the common cold in your life. I want to teach you how to, now, because here's the thing that we believe about sickness. We think that sickness is on the inside of us. We do. Here's how I know this. You, you think you have the flu, right? Has anybody ever said, I have the flu? Yes, it's okay. I, this, I'm not trying to correct you. I'm trying to instruct you, right, and give you wisdom, okay? Or we say, I have a cold. We say, or I have a backache. Here's the thing. Are you the righteousness of Jesus Christ? Okay, you are, because if you took communion or you're saved, you then became the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Does Jesus have the flu? Does Jesus have a backache? Does he have a cold? No, he doesn't. It says, as he is, so am. Do you have a cold? I'm going to help you say no. Do you have the flu? Do you have backaches? Thank you, Mackenzie. No. Here's what the problem is. We have been taught To see sickness is something that's on the inside of us trying to get out. But reality, sickness is on the outside trying to attack who we are. It's not trying, it's trying to attack, you are the righteousness of Christ. You are the healed. You are the saved. And the enemy comes to bring threats. Now, do we have an opportunity to have a cold? Absolutely. 
I get an opportunity. It doesn't become yours. Symptoms don't make it yours. It makes it an opportunity. But when you have symptoms, you have an opportunity to declare what you are and who you are with your words. Now, that doesn't mean that you live in denial. It doesn't mean that someone, you know, you have snot coming out of your nose and somebody says, are you okay? And you're like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Okay, because then that's a little weird, okay? So I want to teach you as the body of Christ what you could do. If you have some symptoms in your body, you could say, I thank you, Father God, that I'm the healed of the Lord. This is who I am. If someone asks you how you're doing, you don't have to be rude and say, I'm not sick in Jesus' name, right? That would be a little weird, and it'd be disrespectful. You could say, you know what, thank you for asking me. I think, and just say, you know what, thank you for asking me. I know that the healing power of God is working in my body. If they're an unbeliever, you could just say, oh, thank you for asking me. I'm getting better every day, right? Then you don't have to be a weirdo. But you wouldn't also want to say, you wouldn't want to say, oh, I know, man, I am sick. I've been sick for days. Everybody in my house is sick. We're all throwing up. Just sick, 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 sick. Well, guess what you're going to have? Go ahead, own it. Because there is life and death is in the power of your tongue and you eat the fruit of it. And so I wanna encourage you, uh, one time I saw an illustration of a friend of ours and he put an apple on top of his head. And when he put the apple on top of his head, he said, is the apple inside of you? And I was like, no. And he said, see, here's the thing. Sickness cannot live on the inside of you. It absolutely cannot live on the inside of you because you're the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And whenever those symptoms try to come into your life, you say, Father God, I thank you that by your stripes I am the healed. I thank you that as you are, so am I. Amen. Amen. Say amen. amen. It's the truth anyway, whether you believe it or not. You get to walk in as much truth as you want to. Amen? As much, now, here's the thing. Sometimes we've been taught certain things, or it feels, it feels weird to not say those, to, it feels different to say those kinds of things. But I want to encourage you, as you begin to declare what the truth of the word says about you, you'll gain more confidence in the word. You'll gain more, you begin to declare it, and then you think, man, this is who, if the Bible says it, then it has to be what? Is the word of God true or not true? Is it true in some areas and not? Man, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. Well, as much as you're saved, as much as you are saved, that's as much as you are healed. Remember we say we can't get any more saved than we already are? Can't get any more healed than you already are. It's the same redemption that happened. Amen? Amen. Just put, lay your hands on yourself, if you will. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for who we are. I thank you for who you are in us. And I thank you that your word says, by his stripes, I am the healed. I thank you that Jesus bore every bit of sickness and disease, everything from the flu to a backache to cancer, everything was already taken care of at the cross, and I receive it right now by faith. I make it my own. I declare it as my own. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. I believe that with you, for you and with you. Amen. Is that all right this morning? I felt like I felt stirred. You know, I was disobedient in first service, to be honest. So I don't know if it's for anybody, but it was for first, so then you got it. Amen. It's good. <laughs> I, I want to uh, teach you. I have a few moments with you this morning. 
If you weren't here uh, last week, I, I, I strongly, I urge you, I compel you to listen to last week's services. It was probably one of the best services I've ever, ever been in, and I don't, um, I, say, I know I say that frequently, but last week, Pastor Stephen talked about the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you were in there? How many, I heard so many people. It was probably the one of the best services, and what I loved about it was because we hear that word conviction, or con, uh, and we think, ooh, the enemy's gonna get you, or you know, God wants to get you he's mad at you and he's not mad at you the word convict means to convince or have an internal argument on the inside he's trying to convince you of the truth of his word and what I loved was he said the Holy Spirit is at work in you on this side of the fence whether you're saved or on this side of the fence whether you're unsaved he's constantly working on us convincing us even this morning when I taught about healing how many of you know it might take some convincing who's gonna do the convincing the Holy Spirit, in, con in combination with his word, he's going to convince you of his word in your life. So he's going to convince you. And as he was teaching last week, because we're in the middle of this Holy Spirit series, I know we're heading towards the communication style of the Holy Spirit, but I felt in my heart that I wanted to teach this one, this another piece, this another role of the Holy Spirit. And I have never taught this before, so first service I was really nervous, and now I'm a little bit less nervous, but I felt compelled to teach you on being sealed. Say sealed sealed by the Holy Spirit, sealed. And sometimes being sealed by the Holy Spirit has had a little bit of controversy around it, but I believe I've, I've studied and I have some truths that I'd like to impart into you so that you know that once you're convinced, once you've gotten convicted by the Holy Spirit and you've made the decision to serve Christ, there's something that immediately takes place. Say immediately. Immediately takes place in your life and you need to know what it, what it, what it looks like. I'm gonna read you a verse um, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. I'm going to read them to you out of two different translations. The first translation I'm going to read it to you is the New King James Version, and the next one is the Passion Translation, and they'll both be up on the screen, or you can open up your phone, go on your app, or open up your own Bible. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Here we go. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom... Also, having believed, you were with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is our what? Guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Now I'm going to read it to you out of the TPT translation. And because of him, when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of the truth, you believed in the wonderful news of salvation. This is that's when you get it saved. Now we have been, what? With a what? Of the promise by the Holy Spirit. Now check this part out. It's a little illustration in the word. He is given to us like an engagement ring is given to a bride. At the first installment of what is coming, he is our hope promise of our future inheritance, which what? seals us until we have until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom for the supreme glory and honor of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So what this is telling you is guess what? Uh, I know Christine, you want to hold up your engagement ring? There, Christine's engaged. She's getting married to Bryce. Okay. On March the 29th. Okay. So here's the deal. 27th, 27th, sorry. March 29th is a baby dedication. Okay, so here's the thing. Christine has an engagement ring. 
And it's a promise of what's to come. So he's given that. Here's the funny thing. He's given that to say, guess what? I'm sealing this relationship. I'm sealing it. But guess what? Christine's going to get another part of her ring when she walks down the aisle. And I want to tell you what happens is when we live on this earth, how many of you know that because of the rede- just because you're redeemed doesn't mean that you don't face any problems? Right? Do you have a pro- Anybody ever had a problem? That's funny. Yeah, you're right, Cheryl. Thank you for laughing. If you've had a hard time, because we know that this earth and the earth that we live in is a fallen earth. We know that we're going to experience trials and tribulations. What it doesn't mean, though, is that we're not redeemed. It doesn't mean that we don't get to walk in what God's called us to. But guess what? It's a sample of what we're going to have up in heaven. Because how many of you know up in heaven, there's no sorrow, there's no pain, there's no trials, there's no issues. The ring, the Holy Spirit is an example of what is to come. Amen? And as a believer, we've all been given the Holy Spirit the moment we're saved. Now, I'm going to explain to you what the seal represents as I've read in the commentaries. Here's what it looks like. The seal of which Paul is speaking here refers to an official mark of identification that was placed on a letter, contract, or other important document. The seal was usually made of hot wax, which was placed on the document, then impressed with the signet ring. The document was thereby officially identified, say identified, with and under the authority of the person from whom the signet ring belonged to. The impression was made and it gave the person that was in the letter that was impressed, it gave them authority. This is the meaning behind us being sealed in Christ with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to share with you four things. If you have your app, if you want to bring your notes up, there's four things that being sealed does. The Holy Spirit has come and he lives inside of it. He has sealed us. You are sealed. You have a stamp. You have a, you look like him. And this is what this is going to guarantee you. Number one, it guarantees you security if you're taking notes. Security. The presence, the spirit presence is God's guarantee that believers are owned by him and secured in him. We are not secure because we are holding on, but because the spirit is applied. How many of you have ever heard the statement, well, I'm just barely saved? Well, that's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard in my life. You can't be barely saved. Nobody's barely saved. You're either saved or you're not saved. But sometimes we think because of our sin consciousness, we think because, well, I messed up, so I'm just barely saved. No, you're not barely saved. You're all the way saved. And the Holy Spirit, you're not holding on to your salvation. Your salvation by the Spirit of God is holding on to you. You are held on by the work of the Holy Spirit. He's impressed upon you, so you don't have to actually work hard for salvation. He already did the work for you and sealed it up. Amen? You're not whole. You need to think about this. Because so many times we think that it's our works that we're saved by. We're not our works. We're saved by Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus. Amen? A scripture that I want to read you is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 through 22. For 2 Corinthians chapter 1. For all the promises, goes back to what we talked about with healing, for all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us is God who also has what? Sealed us and given us the spirit 
in our hearts as a guarantee. You are guarantee. You are sealed. There's no getting away from it. How many of you know this? In John chapter 10, verse 27, verse 28, my sheep will hear my voice and I know each one and they will follow me and I will give them the gift of eternal life and they will what? Never. Say never. Never, never be lost. And, has no, and I'm sorry, and no one has the what? Has the power to what? Nothing. No one can snatch you out of the hand of God because you are sealed in there by the, by the Holy Spirit. You are, no one can, it says, no, no matter where you go, he can, he can find you. He says he goes after the lost sheep. Amen? Sealed. Say, I've got security. Security, please. Um, I'm sorry, that was supposed to be funny. Um, authenticity. The second thing that it gives you is Authenticity. When God gives us the Holy Spirit, it is if he stamps us with a seal that reads, this person belongs to me and is an authentic citizen of my divine kingdom and a member of my family. It gives you authenticity. You get to use the name of Jesus Christ. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says this in the NLT. My old self, hallelujah, has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, how many of you know, or how many of you have ever been in service, and you've just felt the presence of God, you've been worshiping God, you've been hearing the word, and all of a sudden on the inside of you, some of your past rolls up. Anybody in here got a past? Anybody can think of something that you've done that's inappropriate, not okay, wrong, just three of you. All the rest of you are perfect. <laughs> just kidding. Here's the funny thing. We can be in the service, and we can be in the very presence of God, and all of a sudden, while we're worshiping him, a thought rolls in our brain, and that thought is, is guess what? You're not worthy, and you know what I've always known about the enemy? He always wants me to think I'm fake. He wants me to think, what he'll say to me is, you have no right raising your hands. You're fake. You don't deserve to do that. You, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. You, you shouldn't lay hands on that person. You shouldn't preach the word. You shouldn't do that. You're not worthy. You're, not a, you're, you're a fake. Put your hands down. Because the enemy is always trying to give us shame. But how many of you know, guess what? You are not fake, not one minute, because the moment you got saved, you got the stamp and the seal of the Holy Spirit, and you are who he says you are. You, you look like him. You walk like him. You talk like him. You might not always look like it on the outside, but on the inside, there's no change in it. You are who you are, and you are authentic. I love this. I wrote this down. It says, the enemy is always trying to get you to see your worthiness through your works, while God sees your worthiness through his blood. Amen. He's always trying to get you. The moment you're, I'm telling you, the moment you're in his presence, don't you come, it says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. Next thing. Third thing that the seal does. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. This gives you ownership. The seal of the Holy Spirit shows us that we are owned by God. With that ownership comes the rights of everything that belonged to him and now belong to you. When he puts that seal, the seal of the Holy Spirit, everything that belongs to God belongs to you. I'm going to read you a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21. New Living Translation. So don't boast about following a particular human leader, for everything, say everything, belongs to who? Say me. 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 
Whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life or death or the present or the future, everything belongs to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. Every, that's why when you want healing or when you need provision or you need restoration, you don't have to, you already have it if it belongs to God. If I can get you to always think, does God have this operating? Does Jesus have this? Is this what, who Jesus is? The moment you identified as Jesus, you could identify identify it as yourself. You own whatever he owns, you own. Whatever he looks like, you look like. Whatever he acts like, you act like, because you are sealed. When Jesus Christ looks at you, he doesn't see you, he sees himself. He sees himself. And so many times we're going, that's why the word of God says, see no man after the flesh. Don't, we don't look and go, oh man, Tommy, man, if you knew Tommy's past. Here's the thing. I don't see Tommy like that. I see him after the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I see the call of God on his life. I see the revelation and the healing power. I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it. Because we, don't, we see out of our spirit, man, out of our natural eye. Amen. The fourth thing, the fourth thing being sealed does. Because you have ownership, you have authority. Say, so I have authority. Oh, come on. I have authority. Say, so I have authority. So a couple more times. I have authority. Now, here's the funny thing. The bottom line is, you got authority, but you get to decide whether you act like it or not. Nobody decides whether you walk in your authority, but you, all the authority. It says, heaven and earth has been given unto you. It says, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells in you. All the power that Jesus Christ has, that he operates in. It actually says to his disciples, and you will do greater works than these. Sometimes, oh, Jesus, he was a big deal. Jesus, and he is a big deal. But I'm going to tell you something. You're a big deal too. And how do I know this? Because guess what? The same. Say the same. Same. Jesus Christ, the same in you. Every bit of power, every bit of revelation that Jesus Christ walked in, it belongs to you. It is yours. I know. It makes you twitch a little. Because you know why? We spend all this time talking about this flesh. My feelings are hurt. I'm offended. You stay offended, you won't walk in any authority. Sickness will reap havoc in your life. You, I'm telling you, you don't give. You don't are obedient to the word. You wonder why things aren't going the squirrely because here's the thing. You got authority, but you're not walking in it. You're not walking in it. I'm going to tell you a verse. In Luke chapter 10, it says this, Behold, I have given you what? Oh, I'm sorry, Chase. Behold, I've given you what? Stand up. try it. Say, woo! Woo! I know some of you are nervous. Here's the thing, because guess what? When you get a little excited, when you start going, ooh, yeah. I I told this. I told this to Carson, and and then they were in the back of the room. Emily, sorry. (laughs) That must be my thing. Um, Anybody ever gone to any kind of athletic event that was a big deal to you? That was a big deal. How many of you started cheering before the game started? Yeah. How, how many of you put on the sweatshirt before you ever even won? You know, like I see some fans and they're like got their black and gold, black and gold, black, red and white, or uh, blue and white, blue and white. And they show, and they're like, woo, high-fiving people as they're walking in. And you, the game hasn't even started. The game didn't even start. And they're like, oh man, we got this. How do you know? They're convinced. They're, I'm telling, oh man, I'm a Christian. I'm broke and poor. And I'm sick. And I can't stand my husband. And you're walking around, 
And the devil's going, firing things at you. And you're like, oh yeah, I'll take some more of that. Here's the thing. You got to know your word. You got to know the scriptures because guess what? If sickness comes into your body, what verse are you going to say? What verse? Shout me out one. By his stripes, I'm healed. Okay, if you're broken, you need some money in your bank account. Give me a scripture. Not this section, this section. He'll supply all my needs according to this. Oh, I hope there's another person in this, this group that knew a scripture. He'll do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or think. Or, okay, if your mind is acting squirrely, give me a verse. Give me a verse. Not you front row. Give me a verse. Come on. Give me one. Press. I got the mind of Christ. Here's the thing. I think like God. Hallelujah. Oh, be there transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can have the perfect and good world. Listen to me. The enemy is not sitting down going, I hope they have a good life. He's coming and saying, I'm going to try to get them off the rocker. And if you're like, just fall over without any work, I'm telling you, you ought to be shooting fiery darts at him. And the word of God is light. And that's your authority. If you don't know the word of God, you have zero authority. Zero. You have it all. You don't know it all. And you can't walk in it. Amen. The sealed. Say, I'm sealed. By the Holy Spirit. Nothing can take me away from him. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, we're done.